So uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 is where we're going to go. 2 Timothy has been kind of our theme verse for this series. And I, I want you to read this with me. I want us to read it like, like we're reading it for the very first time with all that we have. This is the Apostle Paul writing to his beloved spiritual son, Timothy. And he says this. Everybody read this with me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. A sound mind. Mind. Watch this. We can't have a free life if we don't have a sound mind. We can't have a free life if we have a bound mind. The enemy wants you to have a bound mind. God wants you to have a sound mind. And so I, this whole series has been us unpacking a little bit of what does it look like for us to experience this thing of having a sound mind. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of reading about it, hearing about it, and singing about it, but not experiencing it. Anybody in here say, listen, I don't want to just hear about it, hear preaching about it. I want to experience what a sound mind looks like, feels like. I want that in my life, but I need you to hear me very clearly when I say this. Just because God promises it doesn't mean you automatically experience it. Because God's got tons of promises in scripture that God's people are not walking into, not because he didn't promise it, but because we're not doing our part to receive it. And so God says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you power and love, and I've given you a sound mind. And so in this series, we've been trying to do our best to help us understand how do we experience a sound mind? How do we experience that? So in week one, we, we went back and we, we, uh, I did a message called, Have You Lost Your Mind?, and talked about the battlefield that is really in the mind, how, how we think affects how we feel and how we feel affects, affects what we do and how the enemy, his strategy is to go after the mind and his weapons are lies. And so we looked at what are the lies that the enemy is speaking to us? What lies, listen, lies are not powerful. When I believe them, they become powerful. And so what lies have I believed about myself, about my future, about my kids, about my spouse, about my Whatever that may be, what are the lies that I've done? So we, we went after that. We, how do we fight those things? And then last week, Pastor Dustin came in from a different angle and said, how do we retrain the brain? How do we take the things that we've been thinking about and how do we think about what we've been thinking about? And how do we refocus ourselves to start thinking about things that we should be thinking about, things that are good, who God is, reminding ourselves of who God is in our lives and retraining our brain to thank God, retraining our brain to trust God. And how do we go about doing all of that. So that was week two. Today, uh, we're going to talk uh, about a message I'm calling Reset Your Mind. Reset Your Mindset. And I'll, and I'll tell you why I do that, why I called it that in just a minute. But if you have some notes, I want you to write this first thought down. And here's our big first thought for the day. And that is that you don't change your life by changing your life. You change your life by changing your mind. You don't change your life by changing your life. <laughs> You change your life by changing your mind. Now, it's easy to be said. Question, though, goes, well, what do you mean when you say change your mind? You just mean, okay, Pastor Josh, you just mean like, okay, if I've been thinking negative thoughts, I need to think positive thoughts. If I've been thinking bad thoughts, I should be thinking good thoughts. If I've been thinking ungodly thoughts, maybe I should be thinking godly thoughts. Is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, this isn't some self-help thing where I'm just like, let's just be positive. Okay, there's a whole, whole rack at Barnes & Noble that sells all these self-help books, but you can't change your life 
unless you change your mind, okay? So I'm not just going, hey, let's, which we should do good thoughts and we should do godly thoughts and we should do positive thoughts. But when I'm talking about changing your mind and really what the Bible talks about when it's talking about changing your mind, watch this, it's not talking about changing just your mind, it's talking about changing your mindsets. Changing your mindset. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but passed down from generation to generation, not only did you get passed down from your parents, did you get their mannerisms, they didn't just pass down their money, and they didn't just pass down their mood. How many know they also passed down their mindset? Your, your parents and your grandparents and your great-great-grandparents, they have all passed down not only their mannerisms and their moods and all that stuff, they've passed down their mindsets, how they think about certain things. How many of you have parents or grandparents that'll tell you what they think no matter if you want to know or not? And if you think a little bit differently than you, they just remind you that you're wrong. Okay? All right. And so don't look at them, by the way, if they're here. That's not... He's preaching to you. See, he's preaching to you. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. Well, maybe I am. We'll see. But, but here's the deal. Mindsets that have been passed down to us from generation to generation, watch this, some of the mindsets that have been passed down are helping us and they're blessing us. I'm grateful for some of the mindsets that have been passed down from my family. But how many know there's other mindsets that have been passed down in your family that are hurting you and hindering you and crippling you? Watch this. Racism is a passed down mindset. Are y'all with me? That's a passed down mindset. Anger constantly. Well, we're just angry people. Well, you're just bad mindsets. Okay, well, we're just all vocal like that. Okay, well, simmer down, all right? Like, this is just the way we do it. This is just how our family is. Yeah, if you say that, that's a mindset. That's a mindset that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Now watch this. So some of our mindsets come from our parents. And some of our mindsets come from our pain. Some of our mindsets in here have been formed not based off of parents, but based off of what you've experienced in life. And so you've said things like this, I'm never going to do that again. Never going to trust that person again. Oh, this is just how it always is. I went for this job. They're going to fire me. That's what they always do. And that comes from past experience. Whether that's a, a bad experience that happened with a relationship or maybe that was a diagnosis that you didn't see coming. But some kind of relational trauma or pain or crisis or something that you did or maybe something that was done to you has created a mindset in your life that this is just how it's going to be. And, and, and that mindset also can hinder you and hold you and, and, and take you captive. And so when God's talking about, hey, we need to change our mind. You don't change your life by changing your life. You change your life by changing your mind. It's really changing your mind set. This is just how it is. But, but here's the good news. Ready? I got good news in all of this, that whatever we got broken down, we got broken from our natural family can be fixed in spiritual family. All right. My history doesn't have to determine my destiny. And God is a way of completely transforming the way I think and the mindsets that I have, whether they were passed down, whether they came from pain, whatever that may be. Listen, a scared Gideon became a military leader. An unstable Peter became a rock. 
Are y'all with me here? We look all throughout scripture, a stuttering Moses delivered God's people. So we see throughout scripture that God can change our minds and he wants to reset our mindset. He wants to reset the mindset. Now let me show you scripture that backs this up. So Philippians says this, yet again the Apostle Paul, Philippians two verse five, this is his desire for, for, for us as followers of Jesus is that in your relationships with one another, not only just your relationship with God, but in your relationships with one another, have the same, what? Mindset, mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Let's remember who the Apostle Paul is writing to. He is writing to the church. He is writing to Christians. So what this tells me is, you can have a saved heart and worldly mindset. Uh-oh, watch out now. Wait, you, you, you're just not talking about people who just don't love God. No, no, no. He's talking to people who do love God, and he's saying, I want you to have the same mindset of Jesus Christ, meaning that you can be loving Jesus and still have the wrong mindset. You can still have something that's, that's not right in your brain, the way you think. What he's telling us is, God doesn't just want you to have the morals of Jesus, he wants you to have the mind of Jesus. Some people just wanna have the morals of Jesus. Let me just be good, do good, try to do good. But listen, you can't be like Jesus unless you think like Jesus. And so we need the mind of Christ. But let's be honest here, our world is the furthest from the mindset of Jesus Christ. There is a national study that was done by secular society, the National Science Foundation. And here's what they found, that the average person has between 40 and 60,000 thoughts per day. Watch this. Some of y'all are some big thinkers, okay? Of those, 80% are negative. 80% are negative. Watch this. And of those, 95% are repetitive thoughts. Meaning you thought it the day before, and then you thought it again, and then you thought it again. How many know once you think a thought, it's easier to think it again and again and again and again and again? Once you believe a lie, it's easier to believe it again and again and again and again and again and again. So 80% of our thoughts, if they are negative, which I could see that to be true for many of us, that we have all these thoughts, 80% lean towards the negative side, and 95% of those are repetitive thoughts that we've heard over and over. Maybe we heard them from our family, or maybe we heard them from a teacher or someone we loved, or maybe we've just now bought into it and we say it ourselves. And so we're, we're really battling, how do, I, how do I have the mindset of Christ if 80% of what I'm thinking could possibly be negative? How do I have the same mindset that Jesus Christ had. Well, Romans 8 gives us how we do that. Romans 8, yet again, the Apostle Paul, he has so much to say about the mind. He now speaks to the, to the Roman church, to the church in Rome, and he says this, speaking of how do we have this mindset of Christ, for those who live according to the flesh, everybody say those three words after that. They set their minds. What this tells me and should tell you is that you and I have the ability to set our minds. You can set it. 
You can set it. Those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, what do they do? They set their minds on things of the spirit. Here we go. Watch the next verse. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life. Come on, how many say, give me some of that. To set the mind on the flesh is death. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Peace, he's he's saying there are literally two mindsets. Ready, here's really, there's two mindsets at the end of the day. There's the fleshly mindset and then there is the spirit's mindset. And when I don't allow God's spirit to govern my mind and I allow the flesh to govern my mind, it will always lead to things that are dying. How many of you know worry? How many of you ever, ever heard someone say this? I'm worried sick. I'm worried to death. I'm True? Okay. Fear does the same thing. It, it leads to death. Insecurity leads to death. And these thought patterns that we have can lead us. Depression leads to, what brings a person to the place in their life where they wanna take their life? A mind that has been set on the flesh leads to death. What does it take for an 18-year-old to get into his head to go into a school and kill people? It is a mindset that has been set on the flesh. And a mindset that has been set on the flesh will cause you to do things you thought you would never do. I'm just telling you, it leads to death. It leads to death in your marriage. It leads to death in your family. It leads to death in so many different ways. Death of your purpose. You can never fulfill your purposes when you're trying to fulfill your flesh. And so the, 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 God says, listen, we need to change the mindset. You need to stop setting your mind on what the flesh, which the flesh is what I want, what I feel like I need, what I, it's all about me, okay? Where the spirit says, it ain't about you anymore. It is death to self. It is what God wants. It's what he wants in your life. It's his purposes. And when I set my mind on his purposes, it leads to life and peace. This is antithesis to the world that we live in because the world says that in order for you to live, do whatever you want. YOLO, live your best life. And Jesus says, you want to live your best life? Die. (laughs) To die is to live. And the flesh is to live is to die. Are y'all with me? Everybody with me so far? Okay. So, um... None of our minds are perfect. Let me just go ahead and put that there. And from time to time, we're all gonna struggle in here with worry or fear. No no matter how much you wanna try to set your mind on the spirit, just know from time to time, you are definitely still gonna struggle with worry and fear and discouragement and depression. But here's the good news, ready? You can have some worry, but worry don't have to have you. Come on, somebody. 
You can have fear. Listen, you can walk through some fearful times, but fear don't have to have you, all right? You can have the mindset of Christ that even though you walk through things that are fearful and worrisome, it don't have to have you. And the moment it has you is where the point it leads to, to death in our relationships. When I first started driving, uh, one of the things that my dad wanted to make sure uh, when I was 15 or so, right, when I was getting my learner's permit and all that stuff, he was like, I'm going to have a son who knows how to drive a stick shift, okay? Like, you're going to know how to drive a stick shift. So my dad was very adamant about, how many here know how to drive a stick shift in here? Okay. How many don't know how to drive a stick shift? Okay. Keep to your automatics, okay? So (laughs) if you've ever driven a stick shift, however that may be, my dad had a little Ford Ranger, okay, this tiny little Ford Ranger, and uh, my dad brought me into... We, were, we lived in Arlington, Texas, like right beside, in between Dallas and Fort Worth. And so my dad, you know, let me do a little bit in the parking lot. And then my dad was always just one of those, like, you ain't going to learn until you just get out there. Yeah. Like that kind of guy. You know, so like we're riding around the neighborhood. And then he's like, you know, we get to the stop sign that goes to like the main road. And he's like, take a right. <laughs> take a right? What you talking about, take a right? It's like, go, let's go. Like, you're going to learn. We're going to figure this out right now. And so I, you know, I... <laughs> Anybody read with someone like, <laughs> and the first, the first light I pull up to is on a hill. I don't know if this was a part of his plan. I don't know if this was just coincidence, but it was on a hill. And for everybody that just went, oh, they have ridden in a stick shift. Because you've got two options. You hold the brake. And then as soon as it turns green, you just floor it as much as you can. Jump to that clutch and you just try to, or you feather the clutch and you feather the gas to where it becomes your own brake and then, and then you go. And sure enough, that light turns green and I'm just in the brake mode right now. And so I'm like, I'm going to pull this. I mean, we're going to, we're peeling out right here. We're going to go. You want to go, we're going to go. And that light turns green, and I take my foot off of the brake, and I, and I went, and it went. <laughs> let off the t- clutch too soon with not enough gas. You know how this works. Like, if you don't shift right, you stay stuck. It's like, if you don't shift, like, if you're in first gear and you don't get to second gear, even if you can get into first gear, if you don't get to second gear, like, you ain't going fast. Like, you're, you're pretty stuck for the most part. And so my dad had to teach me, like, how to actually shift the gears and, you know, how to get in each one and how as you shift into to the greater gears, it's a little bit easier and a little bit easier and all this stuff. And so eventually, I, I got it pretty good. And, and then I, my grandmother bought me a Mustang when I was 18. For those that don't know this, okay. I have a need for speed. I'm just going to let you know that now. Um, anything, I will drive fast. Um, and so, I don't need y'all's comments. Okay, so. But my grandmother bought me a Mustang. Okay. So, this is, uh, so now fast forward maybe two or three years or whatever, and Lindsay and I are dating. And I take it upon myself to go, babe, do you know how to drive a stick shift? No, I don't know how to drive a stick shift. Okay, I'm going to teach you like my father taught me. We've already been through counseling for this, so don't worry. We're okay. So, so, 
So, so I literally, I think I took her around the block just a little bit. And then, and then like that week or something, I had to fly somewhere and I had nobody to drive me. So I told her, I was like, you're going to take my car and bring me to the airport and then you're going to bring it back home. She had, she never really driven in a stick shift. And so literally it was just kind of like how my dad did it. Like, well, you'll figure it out. Like, I just, I hope when I get back, I'll have a car. <laughs> and uh, she did, but you, is all, all that. And so uh, I passed that down to them, and uh, I don't have a stick shift yet, but if anybody in here has got a stick shift, I need to teach my boys. So y'all just let me know. Y'all like, yeah, we're not doing that. So I need to teach them, though. Um, the reason I bring all that up is because uh, in a manual, you've got to shift. Like, if you don't shift, like, you stuck. You're not going anywhere. And there are some people in here that I know you have never been able to go anywhere in life because you've been stuck in a mindset that you haven't shifted out of. And until you shift out of that mindset, you're going to stay right where you are. You're going to do what insanity is, keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But you got to get it into second gear and third gear and fourth gear. Some of you are living at a one-gear Christianity when God's giving you a six-speed. He's giving you a six-speed. And it literally is because you have a one-gear mentality and mindset. And it's in everything. It's in everything. And so today, what I'd like to do in our time together, because I do want to get, um, get practical in all this, which, by the way, I was going to end the series today, but I'm not. I'm going to do another one next week, because I'm going to talk about peace next week and how we get it back. Um, so I want to I share three mindset shifts that we've got to make as the people of God. And it really is the shift between the mindset of the flesh and the mindset of the spirit and what God desires for us as his people. How do we shift gears from, from a worldly mindset? Yet again, you can have worry, worry just can't have you. So how do I shift from being someone full of worry and fear to someone being full of faith? How do I shift out of that? Okay. So I'm, I'm going to give you just three. There's so many. We, I could spend a whole workshop and a whole day on so many, uh, but I, I want to just kind of hone in on three that I feel like are really, really important. And the, and the first one is this. We've got to shift from a concerned mindset to a confident mindset. We've got to shift from a concerned mindset to a confident mindset. I mean, over the last two years, from 2020 now to 2022, so many people are living in worry world. Y'all ever, ever been to Worry World? It's a theme park, by the way. It's just, it's, it's, it, it, by the way, you go there long enough, it'll make you want to throw up. Anxiety, dark, depressive, just, just live in Worry World. Just constantly be in, in Worry World of everything that comes out, everything that's going on. You know, oh, I'm never going to get married. This is just what it always is going to be. I'm just never going to do this. I'm never going to find a job. This is what it always is. Look how bad this world is. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. Man, I don't know if God's really with me. My kids are never going to follow God. My business ain't going to make it. I mean, just constantly just in this concerned mindset. But I want, I want to help you here because there's a difference between being uh, concerned and cautious. Let me, let me help you here. Concerned is based on fear. Cautious is based on facts. Okay. So I'm, what I'm not saying is that, that we need to be oblivious to the facts. Um, facts are okay, 
But I want to move us from being concerned and being cautious to being confident. And I want to show you a, a scripture, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Here we go. Yet again, the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Philippi, and he says this, being, everybody help me with this, being, come on, let's say it again, being confident of this. Here we go. What are we confident in? Paul says, I'm going to tell you what I'm confident in. I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. Ready? Watch this. This word completion right here is the same word that, that Jesus spoke when he was on the cross and said, it is finished. It is finished. So the apostle Paul says, just as much as you have trusted in the finished work of Christ on the cross to absolve your sins, to give you grace and mercy and forgiveness and life, just as much as Christ was able to do that on the cross, what he started in you, he will see it to the end. And if you can put your trust in salvation, you can put your trust that he'll do whatever he needs to do in your life to see it through to completion. This is the God that we serve. I remind God all the time. I didn't call myself to this job. You called me. These are your people. How many of you just have children? Sometimes you want to give them back to the Lord. Like, these are your children. I didn't ask for these. I just want to have fun with my wife, and you gave me children. Is that honest talk here? Is that some honest? Some of you, come on, how many of y'all know? Y'all had some uh oh children. Y'all know. Y'all know, but I want you to see this because, and the reason I do that often is because I just gotta, I, I just, I have to remind God and God has to remind me, God, if you called me to this, then God, you will complete this. You will complete this in me. You'll see me through to completion. For all those that graduated, you, you, you probably had moments. I'm just done, I'm done. God will see you through to completion. If he started in you, he can finish it through you. He can finish it. Now, now think about this. This is, yet again, coming to, to, to God's people. But you have to remember, watch this. We have to remember, where is Paul writing this? In prison. And he's going, how many know, I don't know about y'all, but if I'm in prison, that's a good time to be concerned. Like, I'm not quite sure how this is going to go out. I, God, you called me to preach the gospel. I was preaching the gospel. I was planting churches. I was reaching people. And here I am in prison. I'm a bit concerned. And yet the apostle Paul says, uh-uh, I'm not concerned. I'm confident that if God got me to this point, he'll get me through this point. If he wants me in jail, he's got a purpose for me to be in jail. And if you go and you read the rest of Philippians, he tells the Philippians church, I was in jail for a certain reason that God had for me to preach to the people that were in jail and no one would have reached the people in jail if I wouldn't have been in here. So God had a purpose for me being in here because God never wastes Pain, and so no matter what pain you're walking through in life, don't just be concerned about the pain, be confident in the pain because you've got a God who will stand with you, work through you, and if Romans 8 is 28 is true, he's working all things out for your good and his glory according to Christ Jesus our Lord. Where does this confidence come from? Go three chapters later, Philippians 4, we all know this verse. We see it everywhere, but this is truly where his confidence comes from. The Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do it all through him. Not through me, 
not through my strength, not through my ability, not through my intellect, not through my power. No, I can do whatever God's calling me to do through Christ, through Christ. So let me help you here. So a concerned mindset is based on fear. It's based on fear. A cautious mindset is based on facts. But a confident mindset is based on faith. It's based on faith. It's based on faith. Let me, let me show you how this works. You have a migraine. That's a fact. That's a fact. You got trouble in your marriage. That's a fact. That's a fact. You got fired from your job. <laughs> That's a fact, Jack. <laughs> You've got it. But I want you to understand that when my mind is set on the spirit, it's influenced by faith. Faith doesn't cause me just to feel different. Faith causes me to see different. We've preached on this so many times. Perspective is not what you see, it's how you see it. And so, yes, those are the facts. Yes, I have a migraine. Yes, I lost my job. Yes, my children are running from the Lord. That is a fact. But facts can't change truth, but truth can change facts. And so even though in the midst of this, listen, fact, you might feel alone. Truth, you are not alone. God is with you. Fact, your resources may be dwindling and you see your checking account shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. That might be a fact. Truth is that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This is who he is. Fact, you may feel like you are losing in life. That may be a fact. But the truth is, is that no weapon formed against you will prosper. So listen, it's all about perspective, and it's a mind shift of not just being concerned, but it's being confident. I'm not confident in my situation. I'm confident in the Savior that can get me through any situation. Are y'all with me? Okay, so it's a mind shift that God's trying to do and trying to help us because the, the flesh wants us to, I'm just concerned, I'm just concerned, I'm just concerned, I'm just concerned. Well, that's based usually a lot on fear, a lot of fear. And it's okay, yet again, to, to be aware of the facts, but there's something about when we, when, we, when we put faith mixed into this that no matter what fear says, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear but a power, love, and a sound mind. So if, if fear's not from him, who's it from? Okay. Number two, second mind shift that we've gotta, we've gotta switch is from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. A scarcity mindset to abundance mindset. Y'all know God is like a God of abundance? Scarcity is this. There's never enough. I'm always lacking. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. I don't have. That's a scarcity mindset. How am I going to do it? That's a scarcity mindset. An abundance mindset is that God, if, if, yet again, I'm confident. God, if you got me to it. You can get me through it. God, if you got me to it, listen, if it's your will, it's your bill. Come on, somebody. I remind God often, if it's your will, that's your bill. Listen, we, we need millions of dollars to, to build Crowley Campus, and then we're going to build here in Jennings, and I've got so many things that God is stirring in my heart for dreams and church and planning and all this stuff that's going to cost a lot of money, and I just keep reminding God, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if we got enough, but I know you got enough, and you got a cattle on a thousand hills, and if it's your bill, it will, it's your bill. 
And so I'm not gonna try to figure it out. I'm gonna just trust you, Lord, that God, you're gonna, you're gonna provide in different ways. And scarcity just says, oh, we can't, we can't, we can't, I can't. I don't have, I don't, I, that's just that mindset. But think about it, John 10, 10 says this. Speaking of the thief that constantly wants to remind you of that, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. We know that. We say that all the time. I've done it in this series. But I came, Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it. Abundance. Come on, and have it. Abundance. And have it. Abundance. Peace abundantly, joy abundantly, love abundantly, hope abundantly. Come on, I'm believing resources and money abundantly. Amen. This isn't a prosperity gospel in, in the sense of like, oh, we just need more and we all this stuff. I'm talking about that we serve a prosperous God, a generous God, an abundant God. He wants you to flow, overflow in abundance, not just in materialism and just resources, but he wants you to flow in the fruit of the spirit. Come on, I want just a little joy. I want a lot of joy. I don't want just a little peace. I want all the peace he's got for me. I want an abundance of it in my life. Everything God does is excessive and extravagant. Come on, how many know the grace of God is extravagant and excessive? He didn't do a little grace. He did a ton of grace. But why do so many people miss out on the abundance of God? Specifically in the area of money and resources. And I'm going to tell you why. Because scarcity starts in the mind way before it ever starts in the wallet. Scarcity is a mindset more than it is in the actions that we do. It's how we think about a situation. So I wanna show you two different kind of scarcity mindsets versus abundance mindset. A scarcity mindset is stingy. It's stingy. That's what it is. It, it, it holds on to things, okay? It looks, at, it looks at everything as lack, barely half anything. But, but, but the spirit mindset, which is an abundant mindset, is generous. Let me, let me show you, there's so many scriptures, I could overflow you with so many scriptures that talk about this. I'm gonna give you one. It's in Proverbs 11, verse 24, and it says this, give freely and become more wealthy. Be and you lose everything. Now, I don't have time to, for us to go and read this whole, uh, whole story, but y'all remember when Jesus was with his disciples and it was the feeding of the 5,000 moment? And, and they have all these people here, and they believe that there's probably 15 to 20,000 because of the way they counted. So there's probably even a whole lot more than that. And Jesus looks at his disciples and he's like, hey, you guys, we got to feed them. And they were looking at Jesus like, do you know how much it would cost us? You know, inflation prices right now, everything's so high. How are we gonna, we can, there's no way we could afford this. And Jesus asked this question, well, what do we have? What do we got? And so they're like scrounging around looking because nobody brought lunch. Nobody was thinking about lunch. And, but a little kid was thinking about lunch because kids are always thinking about food. Come on, somebody. So a little, they, they, they literally robbed the little boy stuff. <laughs> it was like, we found something. <laughs> We got five loaves and two fishes right here. This is it. Jesus, that's enough for us. We'll be good. Send them home. Just, just send them home. And Jesus says, okay, well, let's do that. Let's give them what we got. They were thinking about buying. They were thinking about hoarding, and Jesus was thinking about giving. Y'all see the different mindset right there? One is a scarcity mindset. It's a look at what I don't have. And the abundance is a look at what I do have. 
Maybe it's not a lot, a lot, but what I do have, I give. The disciples were viewing it as not enough, and Jesus was viewing it as more than enough. Because how many know anything that's in God's hands is more than enough? Watch this. And God is only asking you not to give what you don't have. He's asking you to give what you do have. He's not asking you to give what you don't have. But the problem is he can't even get what you have because you think what you have is not enough. Because it's a scarcity mindset. Scarcity asks the question, what can I afford? Abundance mindset asks, what do I have? What do I have? I want everybody to do this with me. We're going we're we're to do this together. I want everybody to grab your, grab your hands like this, and I want you to clench your fist like this, okay? Just clench your fist like this. Now, I want you to do this. I want you to squeeze as hard as you possibly, squeeze, squeeze. I mean, like squeeze like to where like the blood is coming out of your head. Like it's like, it's like draining out of your body. Y'all there? Y'all squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze Okay. All right. Ready? Let go. What'd you just feel? I want some of you right now to get a very visual picture of that is literally how you live. Just hold on, hold on. You were squeezing that thing so hard. Oh my God. Because you're like, I can't let go. I can't let go. This is all we got. This is all we got. This is all we got. And then when you just let go, like some of us live so closed handed with our stuff with our time, with our talent, with our treasure. No, it's my time. This is my time. This is all I got. This is all we have. And this says, when you do that, you lose everything. You don't gain. How many know the only thing you gain is no peace? You gain everything else. Fear, insecurity. There's no joy. Because listen, the most un- Happy people I know are the stingiest ones. But it's amazing what happens when you let go. Hey, watch this. Today on Senior Sunday, parents, guess what you gotta do? Some of you are like, I ain't even saying it. Okay, (laughs) let go. You've done your part. Okay? Let go. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what, if, what if they're going to make mistakes? They're going to drop the ball. They're going to be stupid. It's going to be across their forehead. There's going to be moments of that. But let me remind you, so were you. So was I. But so much of our clasping is because we're so fearful that if this is all I got, this is what we're going to do. This is all I got. This is all we got. This is all. And God says, listen. You're holding on to what only you have, but here's the beauty. When you let go, not only does it just release all of that. Watch this. When I open up my hands, do I have the, tendency, the opportunity to lose what I had in my hands? Absolutely. But you know what I also have the opportunity to do? To receive what he's got for me. And God can't give you anything because you're living like this. I'm just telling you right now. God, bless me. I can't. Open up. Open up. Open up your life. Share your life. Share your resources. Share your stuff. Because we just need to remember, it's not yours anyways. Come on, am I preaching to somebody in there? Listen, this this is the life that God has called us 
to live in. The other scarcity and abundance mindset versus abundance mindset is scarcity mindset is me first. But of course, the abundance mindset is God first. God first. Look what Deuteronomy says when it comes to the area of our resources, when it comes to tithing, which we believe tithing is our first 10% that we give to the Lord. We live open-handed with it. We say, everything I have is yours. And God, we give, we give 10% back to you and to your house. It says the purpose of tithing, it's not because the church needs your money. No, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first. It's to always put God first in your life. Tithing is not just a 10% issue. Tithing is a first issue. See, because we've got a lot of people in the church, they don't tithe, they tip. And a tip is just whatever I have left, God, you get. But I mean, no, we don't serve a leftover God. He wants the first and the best, not the last and the least. And so we give God the last and least, but expect him to give his best. And God says, listen, when you're living a me first life, I can't bless a me first life, but I can bless a God first one. I can bless a God first one. Because watch this, it doesn't take faith to give it at the end, but it does take faith to give it first. Y'all, are y'all with me here? I don't know about y'all, I don't know if y'all have ever looked at your checking account and you're like, give to God or at and God, I know we got like a connection. Um, <laughs> got to figure out how this works. But I, I've, I've learned this. I'm going to tell you right now. Because people are like, well, when I make more money, I'll start tithing. I say, no, you won't. Because if you can't honor God in the little bit that you make, you'll never honor God in the lot that you make. Never will. It will never happen. It will, it will never happen. Because what, into, what, what, what tithing does is tithing breaks the scarcity mindset. That's what it does. It breaks the scarcity mindset. And it says to self and to God, I trust you to be able to do more for me than I can do for myself. And I'm not gonna live close-handed. I'm gonna live open-handed in every area of my life. Watch this. All of us in here are gonna face probably moments, if you haven't already, where you're poor. Listen, when Lindsay and I were dating, I was so poor. Listen to me. This is God honest truth. Lindsay would tell you, I was so poor. She paid for our dates. <laughs> and I worked here. <laughs> truth? Poor is a condition. Okay? Poor is a condition. Okay? But scarcity is a mindset. It's a mindset. And so there may be, may be moments where you are, you know, struggling with this. But I'm going to tell you right now, scarcity mindset will keep you poor. <laughs> and and I'm, yet again, I, I want you all to hear my heart here. I'm not saying that because we're in a bad place financially and we need people in here to give. Like, we're good. Like, there are a lot of people in this church that are very generous and I'm incredibly grateful. But I just always wonder what could happen if everybody got into the place of putting God first, what we could do. Man, what could we do? What could we do? But it's a, it's a scarcity. And, and by the way, this is w- way much more than money. 
Because scarcity is not enough, not just in money. Scarcity is, we say that with our time. We say that with our gifts. We say that with our resources. We say, we say that in everything. Scarcity is a mindset that affects everything, everything. And it keeps you poor in every area. So God wants us to understand he's got a, an abundance mindset. Look what Psalms 23 said. We know this. All of us know Psalms 23. Most popular verse. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, let, let's just say this, okay? It's memory verse for this week for our Savior's church. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, one more time. The Lord is my shepherd. What would it look like if we actually believed that? If we actually believed that? All that I need, I have in Christ, and whatever I don't have, he knows my needs. And he shall supply every need that I have. He is not a bad father withholding something from us. He understands the needs that you have, and he wants to make sure to meet your needs. I believe God wants to not only meet your needs, I believe God wants to exceed your needs so that you can meet other people's needs. Come on, anybody in here? I pray God make us wealthy, not so that we can have more, but so that we can give more. God, I pray, Lord, bless us so it can get through me to other people. Okay? All right. So that's, that's the second mindset. Last one, third one, is a conformed mindset versus a transformed mindset. God wants us not to have, it's not, don't set your minds on things of the flesh. Set your minds on things of the spirit. By doing that, you have life and peace. You wanna have life and peace? You need to have a confident mindset, an abundance mindset, but you also need to have a conformed mindset. Let's look what uh, it says now, Romans 12, two. We've waited for this verse. This is kind of the pinnacle verse when you start talking about thinking, but we've saved it for this kind of finale because I want you to see here, it says, do not, come on, let's say it one more time. Do not, don't conform. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern, to the values, to the systems, to the ideology of this world. So, uh, how many used to love playing with Play-Doh? Got any, got any Play-Doh people in the house? Uh, love Play-Doh, love Play-Doh. Now, you know anything about Play-Doh or clay or any of this? Um, it conforms based off of external pressure, okay? So based off of whatever the external pressure is, it conforms to it. So if I drop this on the ground and step on it, anybody wanna play with this now? All right, look. Oh, I know I did. But look at this. It conforms to the pattern of my shoe. Watch this, hold on. I want you to get this. I want you to get a mental picture of this. When you set your minds on things of the flesh, 
when you set your minds on things of this world, the value system of this world, the pattern of this world, as you're scrolling through Instagram and Facebook, it's trying to get you to conform to the pattern of the world because it's external pressure that is making you, like I said earlier, many of us, our mindsets are not just parents, they're pain. So that pain came and it left an impression. Now we view everything through that. Our life is now conformed to that. That's the world's way. The world's way is to conform you. Listen, watch this. But God's way is to transform you. Watch this. Conform is outside in. Transform is inside out. It's inside out. God doesn't want us to conform to the values of this world, the ideologies of this world, the status of this world. He, he wants us to transform from the inside out. So many people struggled in COVID because they were conforming to everything they were hearing versus getting a confidence from the inside going, no matter what we go through, God's got me. God's with me. God's for me. That's an inside out conviction, not an outside in pressure. Are y'all with me? Don't allow the outside. Listen, watch this. The pressure's gonna keep coming. It's, in, it's gonna get darker. It's gonna get harder. But I'm praying that we've got some people in here that are not Plato Christians. We don't need Plato Christians. We need Christians that have conviction on the inside that have been transformed like a butterfly into a butterfly from the inside out. Renew. God said, don't be conformed. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Renew. Looked up that word. To make like new. To restore to perfection. Renewal. It's a process. Renewal is a process. We love progress. We hate process. Truth? Listen, I want the body. I just don't want what it takes for me to get the body. I want the upgrades in my house. I just don't want to do all the demolition and the work that it's going to take to get the upgrades in the house. Any of y'all ever renewed a car? or renewed a house, or did a renewal project of something, oftentimes it looks worse before it looks better. Truth, and it takes a while, and it costs you. So why is it that we think that our old mindsets, we just pray a prayer and poof, I'm all good now. I have the mind of Christ. Listen, discipleship, Discipleship to Jesus is a lifelong commitment to every day letting him renew your mind that you become and begin to think more and more like Jesus. But it is a daily process. It is a daily commitment. It's a daily fight. If you want progress, you're going to have to commit to the process. The process. Of, of, of doing what you need to do. Some of you may need to go sit down with a counselor and process the pain and get healing from the pain so you can move forward into the future that God has for you. Some of you, it's okay. Medication is fine. If you need to take some medication, thank God for the common grace of medication that helps with that's there. But it is a process. 
slowly, over time, beginning to do this. The transformation of my life is based on the renewing of my mind. If you want a transformed life, it only comes with a renewed mind. If you want to transform marriage, it only comes with a renewed mind. If you want a transformed home, it only comes with a renewed mind. Is everybody here with me today? If you want transformed parenting, it is only based on the renewing of your mind. If you want a transformed relationship that is close and on fire with Jesus, it's going to take a renewed mind, and you're going to have to do what you once did to get back to what you once were. But listen, you can do it again. You can believe again. We must participate with God. Notice, go back to the verse. Notice it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what this tells me, and we're gonna end here. God has a part, and you have a part. God has a part to play in this, And you've got a part to play in this. And I love what St. Augustine said. He said this, without him, we can't. But without us, he won't. And some of you have been waiting for God to change your mind. And God goes, this is a partnership. We're in this together. I'm going to show you areas of your life. And you're going to have to do some work. We're going to have to work through that. We're going to have to go through that. I'll show you. I'll give you the grace. I'll give you the strength. I'll give you the wisdom. But you got some work to do as well. We're going to have to do this in tandem. We're going to do this in tandem. God will not do this for us, but God will do this with us. Amen? It is time for a reset of the mindset. God wants this for you. God's already paid the price for you to have a sound mind. Now we've got to play the part with him and work alongside him and listen to the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we hear those lies. Bible says we take that thought captive. Notice, God don't take the thought captive. You take the the thought captive. You've got a part to play in the soundness of your mind. So Father, right now in this place, we thank you for everything that you have done for us. We thank you that you have already given us a sound mind. Now help us to set our minds on the things of the Spirit that lead to life and peace. God, help us move from a concerned mindset to a confident mindset, a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset, a conformed mindset that allows the values of this world to dictate our beliefs and our faith and our hope and our feelings. But no, we want a transform mindset. The God that you change us from the inside out. Holy Spirit, would you change us from the inside out? Change our desires, change our wants, change our passions. Lord, change us. Lord, we wanna work in cooperation with you to see a renewed mind because we know When we have a renewed mind, we have a renewed life. We have a renewed life. So Father, I pray that over your people today. There's those of you that are in this room and you just just know that some of these faulty mindsets, you've you've subscribed to them. You've subscribed to them. I wanna wanna pray for you. If there's anybody that's in this room or if you're watching online right now and you say, you know what, I've, I've subscribed to the, to the, to the, to the concerned mindset or the, the, the conformed mindset or the scarcity mindset. I've, 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 I've allowed that to, to drive me t- 
for too long, but, but I'm ready to shift gears. If that's you in this room, would you just lift your hand? I wanna know who I'm praying for. I'm ready to shift some gears in my mindset. I'm ready for God to come, renew my mind. So Father, right now, so many, so many people that are in here just with hands raised. Holy Spirit, I thank you that your Holy Spirit doesn't just reveal, but it heals. And, and you transform. So I pray right now that this would not just be information. I pray this would be revelation in Jesus' name. I pray that this would be a revelation in the heart of your people right now. Lord, that we take thoughts captive that are not obedient to you and we present them before you. God, we take every lie of the enemy captive and we bring it to the truth of your word. God, help us to have the mind of Christ in all that we do. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help each person even have a practical step, so maybe what a next thing is for them to do. God, maybe they just need to get honest with a friend. God, maybe they need to go see someone. Maybe they need to get some help in different areas. Lord, all we know is we need your help and we need your guidance and whatever your Holy Spirit says we wanna do. We wanna walk in that. So, Father, I just pray a sound mind over your church in Jesus' name. Peace, love, joy, hope patience, all the fruit of the Spirit to reside in and through them. We pray all this today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Amen.